fear is real and fear is upon us. There's so much going on day to day, so fast, changes in models, changes in restrictions, changes in stock markets. And you and I, human beings as such, a very, very normal reaction to this rapid and at times unpleasant change is fear. There are times in my life where circumstances created happenings, events in my kid's life, maybe something related to my future and occupation, and that fear would creep up on me. Fear is a normal part of the human experience. The question is, when we experience fear, what are we going to do with it? And it's there in those moments, if we pause and do some good self-reflection, we can get a good glimpse of what's going on inside of us, what makes us tick. Fear can be very disruptive, and it can cause us to, as you've heard before perhaps, take flight or fight. The way we fight a circumstance might not be good for us or those we love. And where we flee to, or how we flee a situation, might not make things better, it could make it worse. So today, let's turn in the Bible to Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 through 10. Isaiah is the second largest book in the Bible, comprising of 66 chapters. Today, my friends, I want you to have hope in God. When things are rapidly changing and you're not sure what's next, God shows us here in this text to have a fear-proof faith. Isaiah gives this message to the nation of Israel uh, when they're in a time of uncertainty. There's a lot of changes going on. There's changes in leadership and kings, uh, difficulties as they have enemies surrounding nations that are pressing down on them from all sides. And verse 8 reads in chapter 41, God says to the prophet Isaiah, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you, and I said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So in a time of uncertainty in the history of the nation of Israel, God calls this nation my servant, and he refers to them as my chosen people. And Jesus Christ, continuing on in God's story, we as believers in Jesus are an extension of Israel, and God chooses us to serve. And, and we want to come before God today with every breath that we have and say, God, I love you. I want to live like Jesus, and I want to serve you. Yeah, it, it's unthinkable. We said this a few weeks back, but this is a mindset that we continually want to cultivate and develop because it's just not going to come naturally, especially in such an environment as this. We must be intentional. Now, Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45, it says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, 
and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even a son of man, speaking to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I came to serve. I came to give my life, to die on a cross because my Father in heaven loves you, you and I, so much. And our response to that is, Jesus, we desire to serve like you. We want to have this mindset of Christ to serve others. And in doing so, our hope now is in Jesus. When people are running around trying to get and grab for themselves, trying to protect themselves, and at times excessively in the getting, the getting, the protecting, we want to have that attitude where we're asking God, how can I live outside myself? How can I serve? How can I give? God chose us, called us to serve others. And by doing so, we are honoring him. We are serving our almighty God. And as a result of this, and I want you to, to let this sink in, by having this mindset, by living out life this way, we are increasing our awareness of God's presence. And at times, you and I, we observe people who are serving, and we might think, well, you know, you, you know, maybe they're out there serving or they're stretching themselves in certain ways and capacities and abilities because, you know, they're, they're not afraid at this time or they're not struggling emotionally or they're in a better place financially. That yeah, could be true, but maybe not. Maybe they were afraid when they stepped out. Maybe they were struggling emotionally and financially when they stretched stretch themselves. But maybe they shook off their fear rather than, rather than their fear shaking them. A lot of Fs going on there, huh? Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And here we learn that God's presence cures fear. It tells us when we fear that we are to remember that we are in the presence of God. Whatever is making you worried, nervous, God says to you this morning, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am your all in all. I am your God and I am with you. I am the cure to your fear. This, a settling in on this, an embracing of this, a processing of this, this becoming our narrative in such a time like this, this can and should change our attitude and our mindsets. It can adjust our heart rates. God can take care of our present struggles and uncertainties. You see, we are uncertain, but God is certain. We are uncertain, but God is certain. I'll say it twice, it's so good. We are struggling, but God is strong. We are fearful, but God is our refuge and ever-present place to go in a time of struggle, in a time of uncertainty. Every time you sense fear, 
in your thoughts, anytime you sense fear creeping up on you or feel fear coming on you, introduce that fear to your God because he is with you. He is present with you. And God who is present is the cure for your fear. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you must remember that your Savior and mine said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He, he took the time to articulate that. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, made that statement. He made it then for those who he's speaking to, and he made it for us here today at this time in this crisis. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Meaning when things get tough, I'm with you, even to the end. Your biggest problem is not your situation. Your biggest problem is maybe you have forgotten that God is with you. Maybe that's not floating your boat. Maybe that's not become the, the central part of your narrative, huh? He is with you because he loves you. We read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Did you hear that? Fear is a punishment. It's punishing. We love because he first loved us. Jesus first loved us. Is fear real? Yeah, it is. How do we know that? Well, we feel it. I know what I feel. What do you know? Truly know. I know that God loves me and his presence is with me. I know that and I'm going to feel what I know. I know God is with me. The hope you have in fighting fear is to feel what you know rather than know what you feel. Are you fearful, are you fearful right now? I want you to introduce your fearful feelings to your ever-present God. I want you to know God is with you. I want you to know, I want you to feel what you know. I want you to call out on God, Holy Spirit, knowing that he is pouring his love into your very being. He is displacing that fear even as we speak. He's driving out that fear. I'm not saying walk away from the fear. I'm not saying you asking that fear to leave. I'm saying that God's perfect love, that God who's with you right now, is driving out that fear in Jesus' name. Know he's with you. Two summers ago, I, uh, yeah, two, yeah, two summers ago, my family went to Cranes Beach. It's one of our favorite beaches. And I, you know, it was a great day. It was a hot day. It was like in the mid-90s. And I, I just can only sit around so long. And so eventually I, I you know, decided I want to go. I, it was kind of had this itch for a while to, to just go into the dunes. They were off to the right side of the parking lot, 
you know, I, I never see really anybody go over there. They look like they're kind of rolling. And, I, and, and if I looked on the, when I looked on the map, it looked like on the other side of the dunes, there was this sort of a, a desolated, you know, part of the ocean and, and maybe some beach. And I, I was just wondering, what's over there? And, and, and no one could get there, so it just kind of piqued my interest even more. So I got up, and I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check out the dunes. I'm going to try and get over the dunes to the other side and see what's over there. So my wife and my three of my kids just abandoned me immediately, and one of my kids, one of my, my son, says, you know, okay, I'll go with you. And, uh, and we get over there, and we approach the dunes, and there's a sign about, you know, being careful. I think it was for turtles or birds or something like that. And so we set out. We just, just, we just jump right into it. And probably about, I don't know, about, oh, man, not even like five minutes in, we start to realize it's hot in there. I, I mean, it's got, I don't know, 20 degrees, 25 degrees hotter in there than it was out on the beach. And, and we just went in there. We, we, we really didn't have any uh, sandals on or anything on our feet. And it's getting rough. I mean, you know, kind of in the range of like you're walking on hot coals. And it was getting so bad that, that you had to sort of like just move your feet around as you walked. And, and me being dad, I'm, I'm trying to do that for my son. Now, my son's behind me. My son has followed me. Why? Because he's thinking, you know, I'm with dad, so I'm safe. My dad's here. And the reality that I have is I am safe. I'm protected. I'm well. Well, I don't know where, and, and, and then a short way into the trip, uh, a, a guy, a, another human being, because I mean, there's nobody in there, passes us, we say hi, and uh, he says, hey, you know, there's, just, there's some mosquitoes up there. I said, oh, okay, don't think much. Well, man, a few minutes later, we hit one batch of mosquitoes and another batch of mosquitoes. The temperature is getting hotter and hotter. We're burning up. We've got no protection mosquitoes. We've got nothing on our feet. I'm just getting exhausted. I'm fighting off the mosquitoes. Fluids are coming out of my body like I, I didn't even know I had. By the time it was done, we got about halfway. Now, my, my son was like just wondering like, hey, it, it, you know, is this going to be okay? Especially when I dropped under a small tree for some shade. And we finally, I said, you know what? We... I saw a sign, and it showed a path that didn't go to the other side, but kind of went back to the main beach. I jumped on it, uh, and we went. I escaped, and we got out of there. By the time we were done, aside from our feet being burnt, I think I had like 63 mosquito bites on my leg, and he had like 50-something mosquito bites, huh? And we didn't find out what was on the other side. Now, we did go back the next year, and... Uh, and we jumped in there again. Now, this time we were prepared, well thought out, some prayer, some wisdom, some mosquito repellent, some uh, little things to set on fire to keep them away from us, and we made it to the other side, and it was fantastic. So, you see, my son, at the onset of the journey, says, hey, I'm with my dad. I know I'm safe. I, I'm ready to go and jump into the uncertain. I'm ready to go and walk out there where, you know, Maybe no one has gone before, right? Let your reality be that God's presence is with me. I am well. I am safe. I can go out 
on this journey in life, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's going on, I can emotionally, I can spiritually, when allowed, when necessary, when able, I can physically, I can journey on in life. My soul is well. My future is okay. God is with me. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Journey on. Go where nobody has gone. Go to places you never thought you could go. Because your reality is God is with me. And he's with me because he loves me. And because of that, we do not have to be overwhelmed by fear. We do not have to be driven by fear, but driven by hope. This is our reality. We don't have to be in paralysis because of fear. Now, we are all in a different place in our life, in our journey. Some of you, you know, you're processing this and you're thinking, I'm just not sure about this Jesus thing, right? I mean, how, how do I know God is with me? You know, you can place your faith and trust in Jesus even right now. You can say, even as I'm talking, Jesus, you know what? I, I want you in my life. If you're even thinking that, that's so far from the norm, right? That's probably such a deviation from day-to-day -day normal life in your world that it's just something, got to be something that's supernatural. And I, I tell God, Holy Spirit is awakening you of his presence. And, and, and you're, you have this yearning. And that yearning is God calling you to reconcile you with him, huh? to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior who's rescued you. You can be sure that God is with you. You can know that Jesus gave his life for you. God's presence changes everything. Stories in the history of Christianity throughout the ages of amazing men and women who experienced the presence of God in their midst, in the middle of the most difficult times. Those are the greatest stories we have in Christendom, in the, his, in, in the Bible. Women and men who gave their lives in the midst of astonishing difficulty, right? I want you and I to experience God's faithfulness, his presence in these current times. I want us to have great stories, amazing stories of what God did in our lives, in our relationships, with our children, in our church, in our community. Pause right now and just dwell and settle in to the presence of God that is with us. God, I know you're with me. This is my reality. Huh? We read in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, we learn that in times of fear, we can trust God's promises. In this passage, there are some incredible promises of God for us. There are these three I will statements. God says, I will strengthen you. I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Huh? In our current situation, are you trusting in these promises of God. And don't be quick to just jump out there and say, yeah, just come on, toss it around. 
really. Search yourself. Are you deeply trusting in these promises? Are they guiding you? Are you leaning into them in a way that they are stretching you? Do you really have a sense, man, that you know what? I'm living my life out right now that I need God to show up. I need Jesus to show up. I am trusting in these promises. And God, he is with me. I just know that he is holding me up with that right hand. Because other than that, I don't know how I could keep going. I am just really stretching myself. That right hand, it's a saying to give indication of God's power. The Bible is full of God's promises for us. The Bible says that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his great purpose. God is leading you. Even now, he's guiding you to trust in his promises. Sometimes you can believe in a promise, but you can't trust a promise. God is inviting us to trust in his promises. Whatever difficulty awaits you, whatever the uncertainty ahead, God says, I'm coming alongside of you. He is with you. He is for you. He sent Jesus to give his life for you. He loves you. He can't love you anymore, and he will not love you any less. Place your faith and your trust in Jesus. And you will know what it means to be loved. You will know what it means to be accepted by the one true God. You will see yourself and this world in such a different way. Now, we don't trust promises because we're accustomed to people not always being reliable, right? Not being faithful, not fulfilling their promises. It's one thing to make a promise. It's another thing to keep it. Every promise God makes, made, he intends to keep. God is not only a promise maker, God is a promise keeper. We can trust God's promises in these uncertain times with fear creeping up on us, fear on, on us, we can introduce that fear to our faith. We can introduce that fear to our trust in God. Will you choose to put your faith above fear in the situation that you find yourself in? Will you trust in him? Will that trust, and it will, translate to comfort, to calmness? That trust will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Jesus who died for you, who is resurrected, who is here for you. Huh? Will you be filled with joy right now as you are aware of God's presence? Rather than be filled with fear, you are filled with joy. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants you to trust in him. Let's not think that God's promises only apply to good times. On the contrary, God's promises apply all the time. And, and it's in the most difficult times, the most uncertain times, that God's promises prevail and, and seem to be most pertinent and seem to be so vivid. Let's have hope in the darkness. Let's hold out 
the word of life, Jesus Christ, and shine like stars in the universe in a crooked and depraved and dark and uncertain time. If you're watching this and you are not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, I, I do, I believe that God knew in his sovereignty, in his most excellent way, knew that you would be here hearing this message. You'd be sitting where you are, standing where you are, that you'd hear this message in such a time like this, sort of a time where that sense of immortality in all of us has decreased pretty significantly. We all feel a little bit more mortal. As I said several weeks back, we're, out of, we're off our default mode, and, and, and let's just say it's like God's got our attention. God wants to know you. He desires for you to experience his faithfulness. See, once you experience that faithfulness, once you step out and trust in God, then you, you own it. You'll own it. That experience will solidify your knowledge, your understanding, your awareness of God, and no one can take that from you. He wants you to trust in Jesus, in Jesus' death on the cross for your sins and mine. And through his resurrection, sin and death are defeated. And all of God's promises are kept. Yes, 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 in Jesus. Today, if this is the path you're on, if this is where you're going to be going, you want to say a prayer, something similar to this within yourself. God, I need you. Today, I'm turning to you, not away from you. I'm not putting you on a shelf. I'm not trying to, you know, fit you in to how I govern myself and live my life. No, today, I am turning to you. I want to trust in Jesus. I want to place my trust in I want to have confidence in Jesus. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus today as my Lord and my Savior, the one who rescues me. Amen. If you said that prayer, you've begun a new relationship with Jesus. What this means is you're going to have this intimacy with God. You're going to have this closeness with the God who created you, who loves you, who gave his son Jesus for you, with a God who's made a way for you to have eternal life. Now, if you come to this place today and we've been seeing, we've seen several people over the last few weeks come to this place. We're so excited about it. We're so thrilled about it. And if today is your day to come to faith in Jesus Christ, at the end of my message, scroll down and you're going to see a link uh, or a text number. That's going to bring you to a form. And it's going to enable you to complete the form and inform us of this wonderful, life-changing decision. We'll pray for you. We'll celebrate with you. We'll send you a special package to give you some information on how to move forward. Now, if you're here for us, with us for the first time today, uh, online with us, I'm, I'm so glad you checked us out. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to complete that connection card. Because more than ever, we are sending out some good pertinent information of what we're doing, you know, every, almost every other day, 
as we engage in, in different platforms digitally. And really, it's so encouraging to know that you're out there and you joined us. So really, thanks for completing that connection card down at the bottom as you scroll down. Now this week, going forward, we kick off kind of a, we're calling it a momentum, a church-wide momentum campaign, Momentum in May, huh? And there are several resources available for you. We've covered a lot of ground, a lot of areas of your life. Some of these resources could cost anywhere from $50 to $200. We're creating opportunities for you to engage God individually and also within our church community. If you look across those resources, there are resources that would help you overcome addictions or emotional uh, difficulties in your life, anxieties, depression. Uh, it's called a freedom experience. We had Lucas Connell come last summer. It was a tremendous time. And, and Lucas, we spoke to him, and, and we're making available for, at no cost, normally about 50 bucks a month for 30 days. I mean, just think about that. 30 days from now, there's going to be a new you. And we've got some financial peace uh, information out there, too, also free for 14 days. We're asking you to jump in on a Bible study with us, with you version, a devotion. And then we're giving you some information to connect with me a couple of times during the week, and as well as my family. I'll be looking out for you as you join us and access these resources. My friends, the cure for fear is the presence of God. You simply cannot be filled with fear when you are dwelling in the presence of God. God's presence will displace your fear. It was that way then, it's that way now, and it always will be. To God be the glory.